0: Thank you for tuning in this week and your continued support for me. However, there's a way for you to further that support, and that's by leaving a rating and review. It helps to circulate my show to gain more traction and notoriety. If you haven't done this already, please press pause and submit one. Again, thank you for your continued support. Hope you enjoy the show. Rant. I'm your host, Brianna Janay. And today, we got a little special episode for y'all, okay? I told y'all I was rolling around back to back with these topics. And today, I know I say like every episode is like, oh, this is a special one. Oh, this is a special guest. <laughs> but today, I really do have a really, really special guest, y'all. It's my big sister <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna let her go ahead and answer go ahead and introduce yourself and let the listeners know who you is hey
1: y'all i am shalia um Bree's big sister thank you for having
0: me greedy okay you is welcome girl this gonna be i, I literally take this out like, oh this gonna be a good conversation this gonna be a good conversation but i really do feel like we be we be having some really good conversations. I feel like this is gonna be a great episode. <laughs> we do. We do have good conversations. I'm I'm excited. Oh, and I too. hope it helps somebody. No, you know what? The listeners be tuned all the way in. They be all the way through then. So I usually get some feedback uh, on the uh, on the Instagram and they be emailing some little stuff and comments and stuff. Or I hear something like, "Girl, you is right, girl. I never even thought about that." Or, "Girl, this is this is so true." Like it just like continue conversation. So, right. I, I'm true. looking forward to this. <laughs> Me too. Um, now I'm gonna be
1: on the Instagram looking. Like,
0: <laughs> like what y'all said. Mm-hmm, right. No. <laughs> no. Um. So how how's everything been going with you? Um. This past. How was your uh, past week? Or. How's things been going with you? What's the latest and the greatest in your life?
1: We moved in. We sold our house. Oh. Um, so, Whew. that was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a hurdle because I was really attached to this house. This is the first house we bought. Um, and I was really attached to it. Right. So, letting that... I thought we would be here much longer than we have been i mean it's been 5 years but i just imagine we would be here just way longer
0: yeah.
1: so letting go and just detaching from the house and just you know turning the page going to the next chapter It's it's been a transition but a, a good one um, good. so yeah i'm i'm thankful that we finally crossed that bridge and i'm looking forward to to the next to the next chapter
0: I had to deep sigh. Look, I'm acting like I don't know this information. <laughs> no, but I definitely, anytime I hear moving, I'm like, they give me the heat of uh, uh, Like, just the thought of, like, because it's, it's very taxing to move. Like, people, it's very underrated. And, like, especially when you have, like, a family and you're moving, relocating the whole family. It's like, ooh, you've got to make sure this is right, this is right, this, this is checked off, this is done even before right. you even get to actually moving. So I could just imagine, like, but yeah, you, um, but you, I'm really happy for you guys. You guys, this is a opening for bigger, better, new, uh, experiences, new, you know, and your kids are still young. So right. you can still have that forever, you know? Yeah. 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 So I'm really happy for you guys.
1: I'm happy now. <laughs> It okay. took me a minute to get here, but I'm I am happy now. It's just we've outgrown the house. You know, Zachariah yeah. um is gonna be six next month. And when we moved here he was he had just turned one or he was just about to turn one. Right. So it was it was fine for that season of life, but now he's like I said, he's about to be six and he's mm-hmm. ripping and running through the house and it's just we we need something bigger. So I just had to accept that like as a minimalist it was difficult for me to think of going bigger but that's just what we need right now so it is what it is.
0: Right I like uh, you you said uh, you guys outgrew the house which sometimes that happens like you know like and it's not that something's like wrong or it's like you know things aren't right or something it's just sometimes you outgrow spaces and you have to move into bigger ones so right. I like that little. That's a little gem right there for y'all. That's a gem drop. right exactly. <laughs> she already Pretty started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. Well, yeah. I'm really. I'm happy for you guys. I can't wait. I um. Plan to come visit soon. So. Oh yeah. Um. This is gonna be fun. I guess. I um. Let me think. Ooh, Look, I get I get on here every week like, who Lord, like no. <laughs> 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 this week was not too shabby. I I will say um <clears throat> I did have uh a couple pivotal moments in this week. Um one being that I'm taking a hiatus from one of my cases at work. And so um Friday was my last day on that case and you know this is with one of my clients that I I was his first therapist um, and so all the progress and everything that um, we've shown him or he's made um, started off with me you know so it's been mm. a- almost a year I've been with this client
1: mm. and so it
0: was kind of like a bittersweet um, thing I, it's not up for everything it's just a hiatus but the fact that um, the hiatus is open ended I don't know when I'll come back to that case um, but I, that's the plan to come back but it was just nice to like take a little, you know, easier shift that day and right. uh, say goodbye to the family. And they were so sweet. They like had made a little going away basket for me, like kind of like a slash Easter basket. <laughs> right. It was so sweet. Yeah, I I posted it on Instagram, but it was it was nice. So it was just kind of like you know when you work with kids, or mm-hmm. you are you working in education or anything you're working with people they're very impactful especially when you're working with the youth and like like I said he had two other therapists who like rotated in and right back out but I was the first and I stayed on all the way through and through so like all of the work like I was the one who worked with him the most and everything from him like signing, communicating like learning like all these different skills like I've been like Working with him hands on, so It's kind of sad. Like they stick with you, you know. So I'm, I just yeah, it was kind of sad. I thought I was gonna, I, I was gonna be cool, but the mama made me cry. <laughs> so that was it. Was so you sweet. had your
1: own little experience with like letting go, right? And,
0: um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah, and that was it. Was my only? It was the furthest case I had because I recently moved, and so. Mixed with like a, a lot of different things, it just it made sense to take a hiatus from the case, and so it was just kind of like, yeah, like you like like we just mentioned, like you kind of outgrow nothing's wrong, you know, nothing's you just kind of like outgrow some things, and you just have to kind of like make room or redefine some stuff, you know, make and, room for growth. Exactly, yeah. So uh, the hard part is over for the family. So any any therapist that they have right now from the same company is gonna it's gonna be a piece of cake. So they they're not worried. But yeah, that was something very you know that was a big thing this week. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. It, there, I mentioned two things, and look, talking about this, I know <laughs> I forgot the other thing. Uh, it wasn't that big then. Uh, it was, oh. <laughs> no, uh, was the I was. I was, I was going to say, I got some stuff done. Like, always accomplishing things. So, you, you, when you're in the thick of stuff, and you're like, man, I need to get this done, I need to get that done, I need to do this. Actually, like, seeing those things through by the end of the week make you feel so much better. So, I, I had accomplished a few things. Like, it might have been three out of my ten things. But it, it, but it was done. It got, it got done. And I was like, ooh, it was like, ooh, it made me feel good. So, I was like, Okay. A little positivity this week, okay? <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's just been that's just been the move for now. I'm kind of like quiet. I don't know what to expect for next week, but it it seems like it's kind of like quiet right now.
1: <clears throat> and maybe you just need that space, you know? Yeah. Just, um, to go within and just have it
0: have some still time. I I, I think so. <laughs> look I definitely do I'm not even usually like stuff like this scares me right like and oh that's so funny because I'm getting ready to mention that in our in our next segment when I highlight this topic because like the unknown is very very scary to me but right now it's like okay I'm digging this (laughs) um so yeah um that's a great transitional uh, sentence right there. Let me <laughs> let me get into it. So yeah, no. Um, one thing I want to highlight. So here on the show, we like to highlight, shed light on something. Um, that I feel is topic worthy. Um, or worth a conversation. And one thing I want to talk about today was passive income. Let's highlight that passive income, y'all. Okay. So for the listeners. Who don't know what passive income uh, by book definition it's an income that requires little to no effort to earn or maintain and it's called progressive passive income when the earner exceeds little to no effort to grow the income so examples of passive income is like um, stocks uh, rental properties um, or selling like uh, products that are like informational right because there's Mm -hmm. there's always money in helping others right so something that is like people are gonna automatically buy um Mm -hmm. i can't even think like what's the most important i'm gonna say soap is probably like a good or even right now hand sanitizer like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something that is high in demand extremely consumed like And it takes you, it takes you nothing. You can, like, literally, there's no schedule, like, um, um, rental property. You just collect the rent every month, you know, and doing a little maintenance. It's very little to no effort into making, because people have to pay every month, right? So, Mm -hmm. it's very little to no effort, and it's not laborious at all. And stocks, you literally can, if you, if you are into investing into stocks, Um, if you know what you're doing, you can literally just sit at home, do that for a very small portion of your day and Mm -hmm. you're making money in your sleep, you know? Right. I would definitely encourage people
1: to look into that Mm -hmm. uh, and see what would work for them. Um, there, there definitely is some research that goes into it. Like Mm -hmm. currently, uh, my husband and I are looking and um, and researching and learning about stock. And before we start investing, we it's a learning period first, you know. And I think that goes with with any um, avenue one chooses. But you you got to learn um, what you're getting into, right? Then go from there. But I do think that's something that everyone should uh, be aware of right. or at least look into, you
0: know. Thank you, and I was just about to mention how how passive income is such a foreign concept in the Black community. Right, exactly. Is yeah, I sure? definitely didn't know about that growing up. Hello, it was a it's so foreign even now. Like, and I'm I'm look, I'm testified today, okay, y'all. I even like what I just said. Like, usually, like I'm kind of tense. I don't know what's gonna happen or. I'm still working and I'm still having an income, but because my days are not gonna be so filled, it makes me kind of I can't even describe the feeling. It makes me feel nervous almost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's some type of trauma. Let's talk about it, okay? I'm gonna read it I'm gonna read an excerpt uh from a book and literally this is exactly what Well, you and I are are, are discussing. So here we go. Why do we consider pleasure as something reserved for those with the highest levels of privilege? Mm -mm. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Why do we consider pleasure as something reserved for those with the highest levels of privilege? Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. We have inherited roles and responsibilities as dictated by the people who raised us, come on, and the people who raised them, mm-hmm. and the people who raised them, come on somebody, okay, <laughs> who were seeking to negate the, the rampant stereotypes about black people and protect themselves from the consequences of these stereotypes being considered truth we must be productive we must not sleep too long or laze about we must wake up with the sun we can't waste the day get up get dressed get busy we dare not spend the day in bed unless we're seriously ill we must be strong we must put on a brave face we must say we're fine when asked how we're doing Uh and i'll leave that right there this was deep (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> because, look, y'all, I'm going to go with this one. Like, look, I'm ashamed to tell the truth. I'm, I'm breaking it down. I'm breaking <laughs> it to the altar, okay? I have been saying this. I've been doing this unconsciously, just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even on my off day, which usually is, like, Monday, and it's, like, my work day as far as, like, myself and my brand, even though I'm not physically going to my 9 to 5, I... Dedicate my Mondays to working on my brand, whether it be promo, more curating content, um, whatever, you know, that's my work day. and I have to have a list, I have to have a schedule. I have to get up at this time, don't get up too late, like, make sure you get the most hours out of the day, like, who taught me that, like, and it's... <laughs> Like, well, I know, you get what I'm saying? Because that's what we, we grew up, you and I grew up seeing, right? You got to get right. up. um, Even on Saturdays, I know people who are listening, a lot of my listeners are from the community. And you know, Saturday, you can't sleep in, you got to get up, clean up, do some, doing chores. You have to do something, you know what I'm saying? Right, and that's just kind of what's been stressed to us or just provided an example and it is what was taught to us and what was taught to them and what was taught to them um and it's and that's why the concept of passive income is so foreign and I think this is worth a conversation like you said you should take the time and get to know what passive income is and research it and look into what best fits for you you know mm-hmm. um because this anxiety i was having like being more hands off and still having income, an i feel like okay what am i supposed to do and i shouldn't feel like i shouldn't feel guilty or nervous or like yeah. Uh, yeah, well, um you know i got to find something to do to fill that time like no mm. and mm-hmm. i was i mentioned this to someone it was saying um i saw this uh little meme on instagram it was saying something like who said that the next level requires hard work i said wow this is attacking right. me and, and it's like <laughs> who, who, who who did say that you know who Who said that like you right. gotta just work hard work 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 hard to the day you die and that's just how it's supposed to be for you to to get your blessings or for you to get what you earn, you know and it's never been. I think, oh, what,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. I think that's just been instilled in us, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I'm hesitant to even go there, but I think, like, for the Black community, just you know, from from slavery, you know, it's like it's exactly just been ingrained right. in us to to work hard. You gotta, you know, like right. Even not oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. <laughs> I just. I was going to say, I just don't, we we don't know better, you know, or most right. of us, I can't say we, we all don't know any better, but most of us has just had that instilled in us. And even when we do um, learn better or see better, we don't know how to break that habit, Right. you know, like let that go. And relearn new habits, and, and, and it takes time. I'm not saying we can't do it, but right, it definitely takes a lot of effort.
0: It definitely does. And I, I'm I'm just now starting, guys. I'm just now arriving here because the fact that I even seen that excerpt that said that it was it was saying, you know, who said that the next level requires hard work? That's never even been something that I've sat in any type of space and thought about. Why? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm entitled. I've worked absolutely hard enough to be able to, to have some passive income or, you know what I'm saying, or to to not be working such laborious job. Every job I have is extremely laborious. <laughs> like, um, and it's yeah, okay to not know. not be in labor and make money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even the, um, excerpt i read just now um was saying it was to negate the stereotypes right and that's what they kind of were like you said it dates back to slavery we were lazy we were and we're the hardest working people in america (laughs) like one of one of the hardest working people in uh america like they that's where that did come. Oh, you're lazy, or you this. But and it's saying like to to negate that. Like we gotta, you know, full speed ahead. Get up, get up with the sun. Go and do this. Get up, be busy, and you know what I'm saying. So they can see like we got a a point to prove. But no, right. there's there's no more points to prove at this point. Like we know <laughs> what it is, and right. that's just that. um, And I just I mean yeah. I do
1: think like we have to like when we have goals, we definitely have to put in work to reach our goals. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we have to make time to rest as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we are not taught. I mean, at least Mm -hmm. personally, that's, that's something that I am, um, I'm working on and learning myself in this season of life. And it's something that I want to teach my children, you know, rest, rest is important. Um, Yes. Work, you know, uh, work to reach your goals and, and and do what you got to do, but don't forget.
0: Right to rest exactly that's wow. that's in addition to like that comes with that's a part of
1: and exactly. that's that's that's
0: the lost concept right there that it's like you just have to work to the bone um you know and then you it die <laughs> and you can't even enjoy the fruit of your labor exactly you know? and I, that's now that's something that's now that's has anybody ever thought like about that, like you working so hard, you get to a certain age, and it's like you're still working hard. When do you get to enjoy all this? Because you work hard, you get you, you earn right? It's just like a paycheck every two weeks. If I show up on time, you get promotions, your evaluations, you get your paycheck. You get what I'm saying? When do you get that in life? I think
1: we also have to. to to define what that looks like for for ourselves you know like that is for example too, yeah. i didn't know like okay it's it's my rest day so for me it's uh usually saturday saturday is my rest day and it's like i'm not doing much and it feels weird you know it's like damn I, am i being lazy <laughs> maybe i feel like maybe i could just write a little something real quick or maybe i could just do a little of this or you know it's just not that much but then you do a little bit and next thing you know you look up and it's like three hours later you've been right you know at something that you said you was only going to do for like five ten minutes so clearly defining what rest
0: looks like for you Mm -hmm. is is important you know i i I think let's talk about it okay i usually rest on sundays um, because sometimes I might have <clears throat> like an errand or two that I might not, I'm, I don't have a heavy day on Saturday, but because I work Monday through Friday, there might be something that I couldn't get to Um, that may, may, may be important or not, you know, uh, and I'll get to it like Saturday afternoon. But what I do do for my weekends is Saturday I have a specific time where, like, you're going to be out the house, you know? Because you're out of the house Monday through Friday all dang on day. So Saturday, you're only going to be out of the house from 12 to 3 today, okay? If you don't get it done, get back in the house, you know? Um, Sunday, right. I just try to get sleep because my sleep schedule is not as good as I'd like for it to be, um, you know? I might have uh, late nights, early mornings, or it's the other way around. And, like, it just, it never really is synchronized. So, Sunday, I'm like, okay, just rest, relax. Like, and if I watch one too many movies, I start feeling guilty, girl. <laughs> and I shouldn't. Like, I don't oh have God. work today. I don't have anything. Like, I should be able to just relax today. Like, right. you you did something, at least one thing, six days this week, you can do nothing today, and it's okay. So yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, as far as like defining, uh, what that one would it looks like for you, and two, getting used to or normalizing the concept of rest being incorporated uh-huh. into your schedule, whether it be nine to five entrepreneur, uh, both, you know, right, designing your own personal schedule that that works for you and i i just i, I wanted to bring this to the forefront because i i, <laughs> I am and preparing for it yeah like,
1: like for example on friday i um i might cook a little extra you know mm-hmm. dinner be so that the kids can have leftover or we all actually can have leftover on saturday so i'm not in the kitchen cooking right no. Um, just heat up something real quick that's not gonna take me too much time in the kitchen, too much work, right. and then carry on. And when I don't prepare, when I don't do that, I always feel it like, damn, I feel stressed out or I'm irritated. Right. <laughs> and I'm irritated that I'm having to do that because right. this is my rest day and I don't wanna be doing that, but because I failed to to prepare, um, that that's the consequence so you know being prepared is is uh, essential as well
0: yeah i, I that preparedness in anything i feel like sets you up for a win yeah <laughs> anybody ill prepared is out not just like, oh you're gonna be a failure but you are setting up for like some mishaps you know um so yeah like like i like you said research uh look define what it looks like for you and yourself personally and working it into your schedule your already made schedule because i know for me yeah i i have to tell myself i have to look in the mirror and tell myself like it is okay because (laughs) it's to the point where like man i'll be like having a smooth time and then boom it'll hit me a wave of guilt like oh i should be doing something like no i have to get up and like i'm telling myself like no it's okay because it's right. already worked out it's this is this is good it's all good so yeah i definitely wanted to um shed some light on that conversation it needs to be a bigger one <laughs> yeah gonna have to go into depth about that uh another time yeah um so fact of the week Fact of the week, y'all. This week, it's been some wild facts. But I thought this one was very fitting for the time. And it's still Women's History Month. um, And we got a lot going on. We still in a pandemic, okay? Um, So, this week's uh, fact is uh, Typhoid Mary. Um, Typhoid Mary was a real historical person who became notorious in the early 1900s. She was an Irish woman named Mary Malone who immigrated to the U.S. in the 1880s. Though she had no symptoms of typhoid fever, she carried the bacteria in her blood and could pass it on to other people. I'm going to just pause that really quick. Typhoid um, fever is an infectious bacterial fever with an eruption of red spots. On the chest and the abdomen um, and severe intestinal irritation. Mm. Just so you guys know what typhoid fever is. So um, back to the fact. Because no doctor could convince her that this was true and she didn't feel sick, she insisted on working as a cook. Oh my right during her career, she infected at least fifty-one people, three of whom died before she was isolated and enforced quarantine for the last decades of her life. Oh my Y'all, <laughs> Shalia, I said when I came across this, I said, "What in the? So much to unpack here." First of all, typhoid fever. What is this? I've never heard of it. Me either. This is the first hearing of it. Typhoid fever? I had to look this up and like, what is this? Um, but this was back in, this was back back way when. But I mean, damn. Um, and then, because no doctor could convince her, I was like, wait, so... <laughs> You gotta be convinced, you said, like, look, you have this strand, whether like cause we know today, right? And I know it was a, a different time, but it's just crazy to listen to it in this time and be like, What? They won't even let you leave the if you got a STI or STD, they don't come looking for you. You feel me? Like if you're if you have influenza pneumonia, they won't even let you leave if it's at a certain state. Like even if you you know what I'm saying? COVID, if you're asymptomatic you still have to quarantine. Like, they are not playing with you. Like, the fact that she couldn't be, she had to be convinced, and then they still hired her as a cook. (laughs) She's like, I'll just go ahead and go work anyway. I'm sure she didn't disclose that information. when she. Um, I would hope not. Like, but they, but for this to be historical, like, they, she went there and she infected only 51 people. Not to say 51 people is not a lot, but, I'm pretty sure back then where, like, if you sneezed wrong, you thought you were dead. Like,
1: 51. I didn't think you were going to give a much higher number than that, thinking she's a cook.
0: Yeah. And that she's cook. Ain't that crazy? Yeah. 51 people and three of them died. And then the, the last part is the part that really blew my head back. Enforced. She, they had to wait for three people to die from contracting this from her cooking, right? And fifty-one people being infected, um, for them to enforce quarantine on her. And then it says for the last decades of her life. Wait a minute now.
1: (laughs) Right. When you said that, I'm like, okay. Well, now maybe I see
0: why she didn't. uh... Okay. Wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on, y'all, because I feel like decades, they put an S, last decade, oh. last decade, not the last decade of her life, even though that's 10 years, like, last so
1: decades of her like At least 20
0: for sure. That's what I'm saying, at least 20, what? Yeah, that's think, crazy. okay, I would have been like, look, y'all, it's just a little typhoid, like. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I think I probably wouldn't
1: have been convinced either, like, I'm feeling fine. Right. You know, I'm doing everything
0: regular. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't (laughs) sick. Like, what y'all talking about? Get me out of here. It was getting crazy (laughs) at the beginning with them. When they hit me with the last decades of her life, I'm like man i probably would have been i wouldn't have been no cook but i would have peaced out too like <laughs> i am good ain't nothing but a little typhoid it's gonna take me down but the fact that this was i thought this was extremely fitting uh for women's history month and the fact that we're still uh dealing with COVID 19 it's not a laughing matter but we it's just crazy to see the the i mean we know about medical history we literally um we know how like if you got diarrhea at a certain timeline in history you were left for dead they thought like oh we got you're dead okay you're gone and like today today's medicine has been so advanced the fact that like even quarantine is only two weeks or even if you're asymptomatic like it's not that big of a deal for them to like Force you into quarantine for twenty damn years. Like, <laughs> I thought that was insane, man. I was like, "What is going on?" But that, I, I like that that fact of the week. Y'all, let me know what y'all uh how y'all feeling about that fact this week. Um, yeah, I think we should just move on over to the topic. And what they
1: would have did. I want to know what most people would have did. What okay,
0: most and the, I know I've seen some them. stuff online right now talking about. It was I don't know if it was a little junkie joke, but I didn't like it. It was somebody said I'm pretty sure my listeners listened to Justin, uh, LA boy. And he posted something that said, I ain't even gonna lie, I couldn't taste for two weeks, but I ain't tell nobody. <laughs> see, 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 that's that's that stuff right there. <laughs> What you mean I I couldn't taste for two weeks but I ain't tell nobody. That's why we here. Okay. You had COVID. okay
1: oh, you just chilling around <laughs> everybody and ain't telling
0: nobody. Embarrassed. What did you embarrass for? You don't get out of here. Um, but no, I feel like most people would when, when they would have heard if they knew what with the time that they were in, like, look, like, we gotta build a cement wall around you. <laughs> you know this is you're gonna be on life now for the rest of your days. I don't think people would have been like, typhoid, typhoid who? <laughs> I Ain't no typhoid, <laughs> Ain't no typhoid fever here. I am cold, okay? Like <laughs> I don't think most people but yeah, let us know how you feel about this fact and what y'all would have did. I I definitely would have been no cook though. But that <laughs> that's me. <Right. laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so let's jump into the topic. And if you haven't already guessed it by right now, it is bah, 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 Mending traumas. I actually should be like, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> So mending traumas, trauma, y'all. We talk about this all day, every day. Friends, co-workers, siblings, family. We talk about the traumas, okay? There's so many different types of trauma, and we gonna we gonna unpack some of this stuff, okay? We gonna we gonna unload today, and hopefully we could leave this show with a lighter heart a better understanding a more clear mind, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, so we're going we're to get into mending traumas and by book definition, trauma, what is trauma? A deeply distressing or disturbing experience, okay? And it sometimes can be physical. But its m- most trauma is mental, right? So, what are different types of trauma? Um Some of the ones that I want to talk about today, there's historical trauma, of course, racialized trauma, and the one that everybody knows about or talks about the most, in my opinion, is intergenerational trauma that's the one right there that's the one i think for all of us is the intergenerational i ain't never seen i've seen like maybe three generations in a row working hard you hear me working overtime okay to break those generational curses okay because they are not trying to pass down nothing worth of nothing okay but yeah um So, yeah, I'll I'll go first. I I wanted to talk about racialized trauma in the workplace. Because now everybody thinks, like, oh, it's just intergenerational intergenerational trauma. Um, It's trauma at home, right? Childhood trauma. Like, that's the most common, most talked about, right? But there are other compartments to things that happen to us in our everyday lives. And, um there's two types of trauma like even though there's uh, there's different names for trauma but there's like a type one type two trauma right and i remember having this conversation with you about um an exercise i did in therapy um about big t little t right Mm -hmm. Uh, big t's being big traumas little t's being little traumas and a lot of us don't recognize that there are traumas in in almost every aspect of our lives right when it becomes like your relationships with your uh significant others your family members your friendships um the workplace there can be trauma um and just because it's mild or i I would say low grade we don't take the time to recognize it as trauma or something to heal from you know um, and small traumas are like, little mild traumas or, like, you know, uh, friendships ending badly, um, you know, wishing you had said something or something that affected you or you didn't assert yourself in a way or, you know, work trauma or, like, you know, you bullying um, to an extent. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, even that itself is a spectrum, right? Um uh-huh. I'm trying to I'm spitballing here, but there's just there's so many different things that are just like overlooked because it's just like, oh, that's that's just how it is. You know, that's how it be when you're dealing with friends and like, no, that's definitely not how it be. You know, <laughs> like it shouldn't be that way, you know, um, and big, super big traumas are, again, I'll go back to like the um, childhood traumas, big events that are like long lasting in your mind that live with you on a con- a, a constant basis or for a long time and you have to do some type of work or mending consistently to reverse it. Right? So... I like I, chronic. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the type that... Um, I forgot the term for the type um, one, but type two is chronic. And first, lack of a better term, I don't even have the information to like, let's say mild, right? Um... Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so type 2 is is chronic trauma. So I I wanted to um, shed some light on some racialized trauma, right? And I've experienced this in multiple settings. Um, So one was I worked with um, an after-school enrichment program. And there's a team of maybe 10 people. The staff uh, and the their um, is it's one it's TK through five right and staff Mm -hmm. is split because some are working with first through fifth and then T K K and in each group there are mostly black people there are two um, Latino people and one Pacific Islander. And the rest are white and black. And everybody's kind of peppered in. Um, the two Latino guys were uh, in the one through fifth. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so this is the like kind of the dynamic, right? There's like a list of things that all, we're all in the same position. We just work right. with the two different groups of children, but we all have the same like rotations or duties. Uh, if there's like, Bathroom calls or breaks or um equipment, everybody has the same job right All right no one man is greater than the other. There's only one supervisor um and um yeah, so just to paint- pick the picture um multiple times or throughout this program the our white counterparts were. Treated much differently. And I, um, <laughs> I'm going to break it down for you. They yeah. did not uh, get enforced into rotation. They were not mm-hmm. enforced. They were not heavily enforced to do their job at all. Um, They could show up early, still company time. Um, They could stay late, still company time. Um, They didn't have any specific duties it felt like and at, at mm-hmm. one point in time it was very uh very literally black and white um at one point rotations from inside the building to outside the building there'd be like outside activity inside activity and you're supposed mm-hmm. to rotate all the white staff members would be inside and literally all the black staff members would be outside and this is a after school enrichment program and summer so you're mm. kind of—it's like hot outside. It might be raining. We in all the weather conditions outside as black people, and, and and it might be coincidence, right? At first glance, but then when you zoom in and you're like rolling through everything, it right. started to turn heads, and more staff members were starting to realize. Like you look up and it's like, literally, we we feel niggas right now, and these people get to stay in the house. And do absolutely little to nothing. And the supervisor isn't doing anything. But if any of us were to show up early, we'd be asked not to clock in. It was like very blatant, like separateness, you know, like. Mm, mm -hmm. And that, working that, I know you're kind of familiar for me describing the situation with how it affected me that job literally took a toll on me to the point where I felt, um, the need to write a statement, take it to HR. I was following the chain of command on that. Um, and they never really, um, they never really followed through with anything. They even gave one of the people a promotion, um, Mm. who were in question. And so, Right, I felt very dismissed, discarded, thrown uh-huh. away, um, and then, on top of that, the black staff members would talk amongst themselves and like kind of bring it up to each other, like, Hey, did you notice this, or am I crazy? you know, or did I know? Right. did you guys see this, or hey, did you guys feel this way as well, because I'm starting to feel like this, and so it wasn't just me, and I was relieved to hear that, like, okay. Oh, hey, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. You guys feel, but when it came to speaking up, and this is a whole other conversation, but I don't. I wasn't supported by the same people who yeah. were affected the same way as me. Yeah, yeah, and, so, and I think that's like fear, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, we could talk for weeks about that. So, <laughs> um, I felt I did what I felt was was right and needed to be done, and I followed by the book and i went and and i pulled these strings and i broke my letters and i talked to who i needed to talk to and i still don't feel like anything got done i asked to be removed from the situation and their whole program went to dirt after that because most of the staff were black staff and they did not want to return um Mm -hmm. and so that should say a lot and then there was talk at the actual uh location our branch because we were off-site there was a lot of talk at the branch about like hmm what's going on like i said this was turning heads right because it's like Mm -hmm. what went on so badly at this program that everybody at the program is now at the branch because we switched positions. We all moved and migrated because nobody no longer wanted to be a part of this program, right? Right. And it was for these reasons. And it is it was traumatizing. Right? And I I can imagine. Sadly had experienced something similar on a lower scale. It was just little detailed things and I I've shared this with you as well, Shalia. Um I'm working um in reception work. Um, this at this time I was kind of working close in close proximity to Shalia, and um, I remember sharing with you about how a particular group of women had me do uh, miscellaneous tasks that weren't mm-hmm. in the job description, and I right. th- thought it was weird. And I'm and I'm so very um, critical of myself, and like I don't I don't. I Sometimes, you know, like, you know, sometimes you got to check yourself. Girl, you be tripping. Maybe you ain't. Don't read too deep into it and stuff like that. And I try to stay on top of myself because perspective, right? You don't want <clears throat> to internalize things that are just not fair, right? <laughs> um, but a couple times there were some stuff that I got asked to do, like um, pass out flyers in the blazing hot sun <laughs> for me to go. And I've... You know, I'm new to this this space, and I'm just doing mm-hmm. what's asking me, and I'm outside busting a sweat, thirsty. I come in just for some water, not to stop. I came in to get some water, and I see everybody at the desk who uh, is not black huddled up in the AC watching Netflix on duty. <laughs> they got my black ass out here in the sun. So I came in because I had I, I came in to get water, but I was like, um, actually no, you guys are, they were watching Netflix girl. Okay. Right. Chilling. Um, and there was just a, a number of different things just, uh, just like that, that I was asked to go do something and it was never, i never seen anybody talk about doing these things or asked to do these things. It was just me. Um, and, and this is, trauma right and it makes me I'm working through it because I don't want to have to harbor those feelings and emotions like to carry it to new workspaces and things like that like the company I work for now is so amazing and I had it in the back of my mind to just have my guards up when working because Mm -hmm. it is a predominantly white workspace Um, however, my, uh, direct director, the, my direct supervisor is, um, he's Latino. Um, and I work in the field and the families are of, they're all mixed. They're all different types of families that I work with. So, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, not a big deal, but when I go into the office, I am low key kind of scared, not scared, like fearful of like, I'm just kind of like, cause I'm at the point where like, (laughs) don't you try no shit with me. Okay. And I don't want to have to have that in my mind when I'm going into, but I am kind of like looking over my shoulder, like cautious, like, you know, like when I go into work and this is just something, this, this is my own experience with like racialized trauma. Um, and i I've heard stories of like, I don't know if you have any experience, initially with, like, racialized trauma or just, like... I I mean, we see it online where people are like, go back to your country or get out of here or do stuff like that. I haven't All experienced right. anything to that caliber, but, like, this... And this is still pretty serious, though. This is, like, you know, my workspace. Um, and trying to mend that trauma, the only thing is that I have have... The tool the only tools that I have within myself are already with me and it's just kinda like, you know, let it fall by the wayside, don't really uh allow other spaces to affect new spaces, just just having the mindset that I already have. But that's kinda like the and I don't feel like that's enough because I still do think like even when I'm on interviews and I'm like looking, I, I find myself like gauging like the demographic, mm. you know, like yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it going to be more people?
1: Right I mean, personally, no. Like I haven't I don't feel like I've experienced that in in the workplace. Right. Um specifically, um there was a point in time where I thought like could this be it? Is you know, is this are they is it cuz I'm black? Cuz right. when I worked at um at Serendipity, Mm. um, as a host, but I started off as like a fountain worker and I got promoted pretty quickly and I was the only black person back there. So I was like, no, I don't think it's that. Um, but then once I got the promotion and I was up in the front with, um, a lot of the girls, they were, I was the only, the only black girl up there. And, um, Mm. I was like, "Are they messing with me?" And they were. <laughs> I don't think it was because I was black, though. It was just like, "Oh, she's the new girl, so new, we're gonna right. make her do it." You know what right, I mean? Yeah. I think that's what it had to do. with, Do it, but I had to speak up and be like, "Nah, right, you know what I'm right. right. Y'all right, not gonna, okay. y'all not gonna play me like that." <laughs> um, but. That's the only thing that comes to my mind where I question: Could it be that? Right. But I mean, I also was like, I had five years on those girls. They were young. They were just, you know, just yeah. childish and just doing little stupid petty stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and it, and I'm in Las Vegas, so it's like it's hot as hell. Um, I'm the new girl, so it's like make her go outside and you know do the tables outside because I was a host. Right. But I'm hosting and, you know, seating people at all the tables on the, on the outside balcony, which I loved because I love being outside anyway. But mm-hmm. when it's hot, it's like, can we, can we, can we take turns? Switch? Okay, hello. Yeah, you know, like, okay. how out here it's like 100 and something degrees, okay. so can we, can we take turns on this? And it was like, every day I come in, I'm the one outside, I'm the one outside. And I was like, I had to put a stop to that. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not doing it. right. And once they saw that I was being firm in that, then it was like, okay, let's let's take turns, let's switch. But right. other than that, I I don't feel like I've
0: I've experienced like work. Like, well, like racialized yeah, trauma. Yeah, I mean, nothing comes to mind. Racialized trauma. It doesn't have to just be in the workplace. Like I said, I've seen videos when people are just in the dollar store and um and there are people, like, you know, making mood comments and just saying things that are, like, crazy. I've I've heard um, secondhand, you know, from other people's experiences and stuff like that. Like, racialized trauma is very normalized, I feel like, because it's just kind of like, you know, that... It, it, I, mean, I, I do remember
1: being in high school, and I was in Fresno, and I was, like, it was a predominantly all white school oh
0: yeah and
1: um I remember the them giggling and I'm like what's so funny and whenever they, they were like shit 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 when I came mm-hmm. and I'm like what's so funny and they were like oh so-and-so was telling a joke and I'm like well what was you know what was the joke okay and um he said how do you keep a black person out of your backyard and I was like, "How?"
0: And he was like, "Hang one in the front." Okay. See now. Then you tell you something. I didn't know where this was going. But first of all, hold on. Wait a minute. Cause... that was—I
1: was just in total shock. Like I didn't know how to respond. What year to was this? I, I was just in shock. Like, and everybody was giggling and laughing, and I'm like, "That's fun." See, like,
0: first of all, I'm disgusted, and just so the I, rage I, I that know, I have right now. I, let me tell you, I remember the feeling out.
1: very like I know that affected me for for a while because I had to continue going to that school, continue being around you know, around these kids. So it was definitely something that 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 affected me. And far. that's the
0: thing too. Can you let me know what year that was? Do you remember the year? Um I do not remember remember the year was i would it, have to was really it, sit and
1: think about it i know at the time i was like 15 okay. so i am 36
0: now so 20 years ago and see and that's what i'm trying to tell you right now that i know it was and, I, it, and it doesn't matter what time it was but it does like kind of speak to um our society, because you know, like we evolved, like uh, and there's racism. It never went anywhere, right? Um, it's just only like subsided and went into underground, right? But we know right. it's very much a well in life. But the fact that that be the thing that's the contributing factor to the trauma that I have the most problem with or trouble with is the fact that you had to continue to go and you have to uh, conduct yourself a certain way in that in that moment, right? Because you don't want to. Um, feed into it or um give them like you know what I'm saying you just at that point the whole community feels like it's on your back you know what I'm saying because I don't want to give these people what they looking for one two but I want to defend myself and then three the four five and the six and it just the list is never ending right and then you got to continuously come to school with these people you got to look at these people um and 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 be quote-unquote okay you know
1: Right. Um, and maybe I blocked it out because I didn't know, I don't know, I don't think I, re- I was just in shock, you know, like I didn't know how to even respond to that. I had yeah. never experienced or been around or heard hurting. That was like movie stuff, you know, like right. stuff you see in movies or hear in movies, but to actually like experience that, it was like, I, I just was in total shock. Like I couldn't even believe I heard what I heard. Yeah. Um, but I, know, I thought about that for a while after that. And I'm like, that was, that was so weird. And yeah. now that I'm saying that another incident comes to my mind at that same school with the teacher, because mm-hmm. my, I was living with my dad at the time and his wife had signed a, um, field, uh, like a field trip slip for me mm-hmm. and I brought it to school. I gave it to the teacher and then he misplaced it. And he got all pissy with me. Like, then where is it? Like he couldn't find it. Like I did. He's like, where's that? Where's that? I think you're lying. I think you're lying. And I'm like, but I'm not lying. I gave it to you. So then I had to call my stepmom. She came up to the school. She filled out another slip for me. I went on the field trip or whatever. And then when I got back, the teacher pulled me to the side and apologized to me. And it was like, you know, I I found the field trip slip and I just wanted to say I'm sorry. Um, And I was like, it's okay. And he's like, no, it's not okay. What I did was wrong. But I could never understand, like, why he was apologizing to me, why that was wrong. Was it because the black students lie? or do You know what I mean? I don't know. It was just kind of what that was about. What I often question,
0: like, why did he apologize to me? And the way that he did because the tone was kind of like no like actually i need to write this wrong and i know that it was wrong because it was it was more than just like saying like accusatory behavior right like oh you're you're lying i think you're lying but it was more so like he leaned into it like no i think that you're lying to me and you didn't do that you know what i'm saying it's like would he have treated the other students the same way you know Right. Um, if it was misplaced or if it would have just been a simple task to, oh, well, just fill me out another one or, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I feel like, yeah, you, I mean, you have every right to be like, I, I'm on the, like, you know, not really too sure, but from what it sounds like, the tone, he knew what he was doing <clears throat> and he mm-hmm. felt bad and guilty about what, what he had done or insinuated, you know what I'm saying? Um... And that that shit. And then it slapped him you, in the face because it was exactly. like it
1: wasn't what he thought, and it was actually there. And they winded up praising me when I left because it was like you're you're a really good student. You're probably one of the best students that we've had in the school in a long time. But I winded up leaving because I just didn't feel comfortable being in Fresno. It was just yeah. kind of like I I got to get the hell up out of Fresno. <laughs>
0: mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. I couldn't even imagine like. I hate going through Fresno when I'm like on a road trip, and (laughs) so I can just imagine living there and actually going to school. But yeah, that type of stuff lives with you, man. Do can you attest to any time where like, like, actually like actively trying to be like even in school or even with your kids being in school or being in a group spaces with other kids, how you're like actively like trying to be proactive to stuff like that cuz like I said you and I know what racism is well in life and and it is it can be found anywhere you know um right. but I know like being in the like school is crazy that's a school is uh literally not talked about enough okay cuz it's a wild part of life and <laughs> the fact that you experience those things at a at at a young age have they have you moved on from those things? Or have you ever, like, like, tried to mend, like, new relationships, like, based off of your prior experience and do, like, instill certain things in your kids for when they're in spaces? Because you have black children.
1: Um, I mean, I'm definitely mindful. And, I don't know. I mean, my kids are... They're homeschooled, so right. those are things that I, now that that's at the forefront of my mind that I need to look into is it, like, why we're down this road, you know? Am right. I trying to protect them from something? And yes, there, there's that. There's also, you know, Azani, um, my oldest, who's 13, um, she's just on the, um, she just needs to, like, she has a difficult time focusing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So, and I recognized that early on. So I'm like, if I were to put her in the classroom setting I know she would have kind of got lost in the shuffle, she needed like one-on-one attention. So that was the, the reason for kind of going that homeschool route. But now as we've continued in the journey, it's just certain things that I'm like, I don't want her to have to deal with. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want that stuff to affect her negatively. You know, I just right. want her to focus on being a kid, you know, just,
0: right. That's her own job that. right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to be a kid and she should be able to enjoy it. So you find yourself like being more, uh, protective. Cause I I, well, right. I know you personally. So <laughs> before the listener, just, um, insightful, but cautious. I, is that a right, way to, to right. describe it yeah so um my niece Zanya is very aware right of who she is and how things are but um, just you keeping that space um as untainted as possible um i think it's i think it's commendable i i i don't have any kids you guys you know that but I just, I, this is something that I think about often too. Um, and like, I don't know, like how would I do it or what, you know, what would I do? Cause I know it's crazy out here, but I think that is extremely commendable that you could even, um, continue to like keep that space for as long as it, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I know like sometime life like just slaps us, right. we just get thrown into these situations and these scenarios and, we just kind of learn from those experiences. Right? right. But the fact that you are guarding that space, um, which I, I wish had been done for me, <laughs> for both of us, um, guarding that space right. and just keeping it as pure and as clean as possible while educating your children, um, I think makes for a, a better more strong individual and a more equipped. Like we were talking earlier in the show about preparedness, um, it just sets them up for for winning. You know what I'm saying? Um, and and I, I can't stress this enough, but that I just I'm really commending you and your parenting skills. I think you are the dopest mama ever. <laughs> I just had to I pepper
1: mean, that Thank you. In. I, I really do appreciate that. I mean, it goes. It, there's definitely two sides to it you know right. uh, one side is people think oh you're sheltering her you know she has there's to experience the world and you're sheltering her from that and you know once she goes out into the real world is she going to know how to handle those kinds of things I can understand so you know the, there's one there's that side of it but you also, I, I don't think when people think of homeschooling, I think they think, oh, you're just at home, like, like you're in jail, like you're not around right. people, you're not still living in society and you don't experience anything. It's like, even in the homeschool setting, um, people are people, right? you know, so <laughs> you still, you still encounter some things and situations that you have to learn and grow from, you know, right. we go, she's a part of you know, sports, and we go to parks, and we go to different events. So there's still things that come up that you would probably deal with in a, in a regular school setting. But I am able to be more hands on, right? And um, shut shit down a little quicker, you know, when things do come up. So I mean, right now, Zani's in seventh grade. She'll be in eighth grade next year. Where we are planning to continue to homeschool. What that looks like in high school, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. But right. I think I, I don't want her to go to high school, personally. That's just my personal experience. But everybody's, well, what about prom? And what about this? You can still have all of that. Yeah. I'm like, we, we are a big homeschool community here. And we plan and put together all of that stuff. So she'll still experience that stuff. We put together events for them every month. They get together on a weekly basis. Like it's, I think it's just what she needs. You know, it's a space for her to grow and be her fucking self, you know? Exactly. Um, And that's all I want for her is just to be her, not be influenced, by these kids or have peer pressure to be to fit in with a certain group and this and that but just to just to just be her right. that's all I want is
0: for her to be her so thank you for for that insight too because I know a lot of people uh question or don't really know or understand or have researched homeschool what it looks like um and if you don't know you just kind of like judge off surface information right like oh like you said like people think it's jail or something like that like no it's very it's very much I think it's low-key better. I know some people start off with of homeschool, and then like towards the last year, sometimes I know like senior year, I've I've come across people who come to school and they're like, oh yeah, I've been homeschooled this uh, whole time, but I I'm doing my senior year at high school or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with it. I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I also wanted to touch back a little further in your conversation. Um, there's a difference between sheltering, and like I said, you sustaining a healthy space for your children while educating right. them and not just on curriculum but like life in general you get what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you said you want them to be themselves but there are they are aware and sheltering is blocking out everything keeping information from you um, right you know like really trying to like handicap a person is sheltering them
1: Yeah, they get
0: they confuse the two. They think, oh, you're homeschooled, so you're sheltered. Like, no, she like you said, she still goes to events. She still has a group of friends. She still has, active. She's still very much involved with children her age, and Mm -hmm. um, and and doing things. So she's still experiencing, like you said, people. People are going to be people regardless, and she's still experiencing. And you're providing those tools. So I, I I love to hear it, man. I wish I had my little applause set up because I, I love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really love to hear it. I think this is a a good transition because I wanted to talk about intergenerational trauma. Um, because I know you and I share some of uh the same traumas, but just uh just you speaking about Azani, um, and shedding light on like what healthy a portion of what healthy parenting looks like, right? Um, cause you're aware and experienced life and, and traumas and different things that come with it. And it's like, okay, well now I have these tools or right? I have all this experience and all these different things that are unique to myself. Now, how can I prepare my own children and get them ready to be adults? Right. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that you, you shared that, um, with this, but yeah, in, intergenerational. I know y'all was waiting for it. We, we own it now. <laughs> We're been, we gonna been open it up, okay? This is a real special episode. Y'all getting that extra, y'all getting an extra little few minutes, okay? Y'all getting an extra, it's not a few, y'all getting a lot of few minutes. <laughs> but intergenerational, this is intergenerational trauma is passed down. It's exactly that, it's passed down from generation to generation. And like I mentioned earlier, when I read the excerpt from the book, um, it's it's literally how you were raised and they were raised and they were raised, right? And they is your grandparents and your great grandparents, um, and it's just this whole line of um, line of. Hold on one second. <laughs> Sorry. like i never left sorry about that i um yeah so it looks like so many different things right um but the first first thing starts before we jump into what the different interracial uh, interracial (laughs) intergenerational (laughs) traumas are um can i ask if you know at what point in time in your life did you look up and realize you were walking in your trauma? That mm. <laughs> you were you were living cause I mine is a doozy. <laughs> when you were living, when you when did you at what time in your life, what age and time time frame were you in when you realized you were living in trauma? And this is a good question for the listeners to resonate with too, yeah, that is a good question the The first
1: thing that comes to my mind is um after graduating high school and going to college
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, mm. i I struggled because i couldn't I couldn't focus mm. I could not focus on school when I was sitting in class like I just my mind was Elsewhere, you know, and I think it had to do with because of how I left home and Mm -hmm. that whole situation, it was more so I, I now have to survive. Right. And in that mindset of I have to survive, I knew like going to college would be beneficial, you know, me getting right. a good education and a degree, it would help me to get a job and, and and live comfortably in life as an adult, so that was a part of, like, me surviving, that, was, you know, my plan to survive was, I had to go to college, but as I was sitting in class, it was different, difficult for me to pay attention it was difficult for me to just be present because my Mm -hmm. mind was so focused on like okay I gotta go to work and when I go to work I gotta make sure I get these amount of hours because I'm making this much money Mm -hmm. and then I gotta save this much like I was constantly thinking about that it was hard for me to not Mm -hmm. think about it um because it was like I have to eat like it's everything is on my shoulders like if there's nobody I can go to and be like oh my mom I need help or dad I need help or anybody it it was literally all on me so it was just like at that moment I'm like fuck this is this is this is not good you know like I, I was I started experiencing anxiety I started experiencing so many different things and I was just like I I remember having a breakdown like I was making strides but then it was like I, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, I was moving forward, but mentally and staying emotionally, I was...
0: Say that again? You were you were staying in place?
1: Right. Like, I was moving forward, but it was like I was... Mentally and emotionally, I was stagnant. I was stuck. Mm-hmm. And I was just mm-hmm. like... I had a breakdown. I remember being in my house. I had a, a studio... You remember my studio apartment at the time?
0: Yeah.
1: Um yeah by this time, and even that it was like I was staying with different people. I had to stay with boyfriends and I had to stay with friends until I was able to kind of get on my own feet and I wound up getting that apartment in Santa Monica. it was a studio, and at that that was my first apartment by myself, and in that space, that's when I had the the breakdown right. um and it was like, I need help. You know, I need counseling. I need... I need help. And I think that's when I started to realize... I'm living with trauma. You know, I'm right.
0: li- I'm, How- I'm dealing with... I'm sorry. How old were you at the time?
1: <sighs> when I was in the apartment, I had to break down. Yeah. Or... um. Like when it started becoming apparent to me, like yeah. struggling in, in college and stuff, I was like uh going I was eighteen. I had just turned eighteen. Oh, okay. So that's and then when young, I had to break man. down I was nineteen.
0: That's extremely, extremely young. That is like I don't know if you ever take the time to look at like that this that uh that time until now and look at like how far you've come and i'm saying this obviously you're my sister um and i i think extremely highly of you but like just hearing you talk about this out loud and like do you ever gauge back and like look at the time like like man i've really come like a long way because i know there's been some work there's been some um some some turbulence, there's been some you know what I'm saying, redefining of reworking and like getting to where you are today to be the person that you are um do you ever like reflect on that at all, and like does it like set in that like ah oh, i'm I'm Shalia, you know,
1: <laughs> like you know what to be honest with you, no, like well, okay. I think I'm, I've literally just gotten to that place in my life and I feel almost embarrassed to say it because I'm thinking like 18 is when I started recognizing this and here I am 36 and then I'm like, you know, I've been married for 10 years. I have a 13 year old and I've just gotten to this place of like reflecting and embracing my over, you know, the things that I've overcome and where I am, like the space that I'm in in life right now. I'm, I'm just now reflecting on all of that and seeing, and seeing right. the growth. Right. I mean, there's and I no think road. that's just oh. because I've been so like with that mentality. I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. I gotta right, keep going. Right, right. it's so. <laughs> I ain't got time to stop and reflect. I gotta
0: <laughs> keep going. Like. I gotta, <laughs> Okay, don't I know it. But I don't feel like there's no one way to, to, to reflect, right? There's no... Ain't no rules to none of this shit that we do, you know? Um, but I, I just was curious to know, because you... I mean, we never really see ourselves, because um, we, we're we in ourselves, right? We never really see... But man, I just... Man, I really want want the listeners to know. I want you to know, like, you are an impeccable human being. Like... <laughs> Every time I'm even in your company, I'm just in awe. Like, man, you you be doing the damn thing, and I, <laughs> I just really That's want true. you to know, man, because I I know, like, and I'm saying this. I know the listeners is kind of vague, but you know, we came from the same household, so right. I I completely <laughs> understand everything that you're 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 saying right now, as far as like you know when you were because I think for me it was the same way. Uh, it was college. It wasn't until going to college. I feel like I wasn't even born yet until I went to college. That's when I first <laughs> became a person in, in 2011. I wasn't born until 2011. Um, but yeah, just kind of like the same way you kind of like realize, Like I think for me though, let me see. I think, yeah, when I realized I didn't love myself more than this, and that this was the circumstances that I allowed myself to be in for so long. So, I think that's when I realized, damn, this is pretty heavy, right? Um, yeah. That I don't love myself more than this, and it and that this was multiple uh, <laughs> s- situations. Um. I want to say I was in therapy at 19, 20 years old and doing this this exercise in therapy uh, that I mentioned earlier about Big T, Little T, um, that was the first time I ever was exposed to that exercise and I did that exercise and what was asked of me was to write down big traumas versus little traumas and then we can sort through them, right? And after being done with the exercise, I turned in the form and my therapist was looking like, well, he had to put his glasses on and look for a second, like, wait a minute. And he really, he turns the paper around to me and I'm sitting there just looking all green in the face, like, what's up? Like, yeah, there we go. Let's get to it. (laughs) And he's like, you know, these are all big traumas. There's not a little T on this paper and yet i had the little teas filled up um and it was it wasn't until then that was like the backing to me realizing like i you know i don't love myself more than this and then having that experience in that therapy office i was like damn i didn't even realize until then like wow and then it just kind of made me break down who i am as an individual and the things that i had lived through was like Mm -hmm. this is something to be taken serious and then i think from there was my the beginning of my journey to like unlearning and unpacking and uh resolving and leaving things But i started at 20 and it was (sighs) so much at that point already you know to just be at 20 Mm -hmm. years old realizing it and I, you can't even date it back until I want to say, let's say as early as nine years old, I can like, from nine to 20 years old, you're, you have this, this package, right? This this bag with you. And then I'm starting from 20 and I'm only 28 now. <laughs> so my journey is a, short, a little shorter than yours, but I'm, you know, for eight years, I've been, um, Trying to overcome, right, and and stay the course, and and there's been some things that like the smaller teas have, you know, obviously been a lot easier to get through. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of those big teas, I just recently, and you know this, had a big tea come up and sneak up and bite me in the ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we've <laughs> yeah. Okay, and look, we were looking at each other like, what the hell? And this and this is this is a prime example and I really want to talk about not in detail, um, especially if you don't want to, but like I know we both had that big T experience recently, and this speaks to like the work, right? Um, and the whole point of this conversation is mending traumas. Like how do we mend, right? And it right. looks at uh, different ways for different things and different people, you know? Um and Stay in the course. You know what I'm saying? So, I know for me, some of the things that I do, I definitely make room for things that I love to do. Um, I think a lot of who I am as a whole reflects a lot of the big trauma that I've been through as far as, like, helping others, my, like, my nonprofit, the line of work that I'm in, um, mm-hmm. just being the person that I wish I had. Um, And that's just me being completely transparent and honest with myself about the things that I do, you know what I'm saying? It's it's in my heart of hearts to be this way, you know and I'm pretty sure looking at some of the big traumas that affected me um, that I've worked through is because I lacked a lot of different things that I was looking for and not to say that Mm -hmm. I'm trying to fill the void because there's a, a thin line, right? I'm not trying to like excuse me, like, oversell myself. Like, oh, I need help everybody because I need the help. Like, no. No, I enjoy. It is a pride of mine to sit and be able to, like, if I possess... Uh, the resources to be able to give the knowledge. I am a big advocate for that because I, I know the experience I can relate to, to not having it or having doors closed. The you can days. empathize. Exactly. You develop empathy. And, yeah. and that, I and I know that comes from my experience with some, some traumas. Um, right. I also like, like I said, make space for stuff. Like I love reading. And so I make sure I buy a book a month or uh it might be a book to two but at least a book a month that i buy that i, I w- want to read and just keeping myself in those spaces mm-hmm. works for me uh and and stay in the course um and i know that might sound funny like well reading help you uh but yeah it does <laughs> um and it's just like having that that what that means to me, right? Is how it helps me um stay the course as far as like mental health and things like that. Like it's very relaxing for me to read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very exciting for me to read. I like reading, Is it, it you know, and it's it's my thing. So
1: that's right. what
0: why it's one of the things that helps me as far as like mending and staying the course and, and taking care of like my mental health. Um is, is reading. And and that might not be for somebody else. It might be something totally different. Um but yeah, how how do you or how, how have you mend some of the traumas that you just like really quickly like that you can think of like some of the things that you do or have done to to stay the course as far as like okay I've worked through this and this is something that I do to maintain a healthy course of keeping this mended, right? Um, Counseling—that's something that
1: I obviously—I don't do. know why I they say that, that first. Something that, <clears throat> that's something that I think I will always do. I'm a—I'm right. a huge fan of talk therapy. I think it—it works. Um, and just having mm-hmm. someone to, to hold you accountable and help you mm-hmm. walk, uh, do the some of the assignments that you, you know that they give you. Um massage and that's actually how I became a massage therapist actually because just dealing with stress and um insomnia went and got a massage and Mm. I slept like a baby that night and I was so fascinated with that like I wanted to know what what did that massage do to my body right that (laughs) made me you know sleep so well and after doing research and stuff like that you know the next thing I know i was in I was in school
0: mm.
1: so if I, I i don't think I'll be a giver, you know forever but right or for for a long time, but I do believe I will always be a receiver because it helps me to just relax and right. um uh just make deal yeah. with the the stress you know like that's how I maintain physical right. uh, you know what I mean, yeah. And then um, being in community, I think that's important too. That's something that I, I do, uh, you know that, like I yeah. um, I like to be in community and just being around people who have the same mindset um, that I feel comfortable talking yeah. to, knowing that I'm not alone. You know, if I do need a helping hand, there there's people who will be there for me and help me. So that helps me to feel, um, take a load off, you know, mentally. Yeah. So, and then just um, exercising, you know, that's one of my things too, that that's more so mental. I just kind of turn my music on or I go for a walk or I do some, some yoga, just whatever I need to do to like, feel good. You know, that, that's what makes me feel good. And reading as well, reading and journaling. I like reading and journaling those are my favorite like if I can find a book where I read and then I journal at the end like self-growth self-help type books Mm. or um even spiritual books
0: right um
1: I love those kind of books um so yeah those are just a few things that I do to kind of maintain um
0: I love that you said um accountability like uh or being in community and like-minded people i heard you say um i definitely we were. i was talking about this with uh another guest i had uh, a couple weeks ago on an episode called frequencies um where it's like um equal vibrations and just being like like you said like-minded or just uh same energy right um, it does help the flow of things for for yourself like far as like your space your mind, mm-hmm. it it all ties into each other, and it it is very soothing to have like minded people, um, in close proximity to you to 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 build to um to uh what am I trying to say to uh <laughs> bridge that gap is what I was yeah. trying to say yeah <laughs> and
1: I will I do want to add to that like not just being in community just for the sake of being in community but you you also have to be diligent about making sure that these people that you are in community with are also doing their part right to make sure that they're healthy and you know their well-being and mental and you know all that stuff is on point too because you don't want to just be in community with anybody for the sake of just not being alone or whatever
0: right right hold on, hold on one second okay um but yeah you gotta make sure like you were saying uh the people that you're in community with are not just like minded, but they're also like doing the work. But I mean, in its entirety. Right. Um, to me, what that looks like, the people, the friends that I have and some of the listeners um, that I know personally, or even like you and I, like you and I talk and we have our conversations and stuff like that that's very helpful to have a company. And I know I lean on you sometimes too for like, Hey man, I'm like black backsliding on this and I'm starting to feel these things that I know are completely wrong. And not to say that you lean on other people because definitely I agree with like going to therapy. It definitely works. Um, and you should invest. I always talk about (laughs) therapy. Um, I have it in my notes and the show notes all the time on the Instagram. So if you guys are interested or you need a directory or you need any help, you can reach out personally and I will hook you up with the details. Um, but yeah, having that person right or people, um, mm-hmm. it really does help because I know I, I'll call you something like girl I'm about to cut somebody. <laughs> right. And like, but you know, and that's a parts, part of being in community too, though. Yeah. Even um. Yeah. You know, like that's just a part of it. And and what I was gonna say is like you you always bring me back though, and and that that is I feel like to me the the most helpful part about being in a community is like having those people like you said accountability basically is what it is. It's just yeah, like right. But is this conducive? Okay, if you cutting folks up, Bree, is it? <laughs> right you go, that's gonna set you back and look this is what it's gonna Wait. look like if you go back that way and we ain't going back that's the goal not to go back exactly. <laughs> so yeah i um i really appreciate your conversation too about uh you know being transparent and and sharing some of the things that you know you've gone through and uh the things that you're doing with your kids and this this conversation and its entirety it's a doozy. This was a this was a big one, and I me and you could talk for months about mending trauma. <laughs> right. But I you do really appreciate can. okay. I do appreciate. We might have to do a part two. Okay, we might have to do a part two and and dive deep into some other uh, aspects of mending trauma. But yeah, I, I I agree with all your philosophies, and they they stand in my personal life. And I just appreciate the conversation overall. This was um this was good. This was a good little It was great. I appreciate <laughs> it too. I'm thankful. I really am. Yeah, I, um is who's there? Is that
1: He was, he went upstairs.
0: <laughs> I'm like, girl, you've been talking like when is we? No. <laughs> Night. Well, let me get to these recommendations. I'll I'll let you go first if you have any recommendations.
1: I was gonna recommend getting out in nature. Hmm. Um, that's something that really helps me to just pause, be present mm-hmm. and admire the beauty. The fresh air is so good for my mental. Um, so I try to do that as, as often as I can, at least once a week, you know, um, I've gotten into, uh, dirt biking. Okay. That's one thing I love about being here in Vegas It's so much, um, recreational sports and um just nature here so i've gotten into dirt biking with with my husband and that's been pretty fun you know just getting dirty getting some exercise and being in nature so win win win
0: okay so I, i will say uh a long time is very much needed but that alone time or just space outdoors be hitting next level okay it, just, <laughs> it go next level because
1: remember as kids we would go outside and play and like how refreshed we would feel how tired, like we yeah would feel so tired and like but we would feel so good just going outside to play and i think that's what it is as an adult like when you're out in nature that's like for me at least it's like mm-hmm. play time yeah and i enjoy playing so i try to do that as often as i can it's a it's a it's a great refresher
0: I think mean, I like that recommendation. That's the that's the best recommendation I've had uh, that I actually uh, partake in myself. Yeah, <laughs> going outside it do make everything next level. Okay. Um, so I have two recommendations. Uh, the first one, if you liked the excerpt that I read in the highlight segment, it is from a book called Black Girl Bliss. Actually, it's a um. It's a chain of books. Black Girl Bliss. This particular one is called Please for the radical self care for wild women of color. Sorry, oh, to I'm ahead. gonna have to check that one out myself. Black Girl Bliss. So Black Girl, look up Black Girl Bliss, and there's different ones. Okay. Um, there's uh, Black Girl Bliss. I just like the Tuesday. name. Yeah. <laughs> but I this particular one it. is Please. It's uh, it's called Please by um Black Girl Bliss. For the uh, for radical self care for wild women of color, and it's a it's a really good read, man. I was like, I a friend had sent it to me, and I only read mm. um, pages, but I've I've invested in, in getting the book. It should be here any minute, um, so I can read it cover to cover. Because the pages that I read out of it was,
1: you know what though, I'm, I trust your um your recommendations when it comes to books, because one, you yeah. you love to read. And you be picking some good books. And you gave me a book years ago that I still have called "Courage to Calling" or "Calling to Courage." Yeah, I can't remember. (laughs) And that book was bomb. Like it helped me so much for real. Like I read that book twice. I highlighted through it. Like I learned. I got a lot out of that
0: book. I was like, okay, (laughs)
1: what?
0: you know what I I think it comes from like my reading too it's like self education too because I I like a good story time book you know what I'm saying but also like a lot of this stuff because I mean like I live eat breathe and sleep black things and so (laughs) just learning more and more about myself and how to navigate myself and my emotions Mm -hmm. and the world and like the history and the it's so much and so like the books that I, I get it's just Feeding all of that, all of that, and they do be some good reads, and um, not to toot my own, <laughs> toot, toot, <my> own. <laughs> right, toot it, girl, toot it, toot it, okay. <laughs> um, no, another, another recommendation I have, and this is for you too, shalia I, I hope you, um, because I know you like your music, your tunes, Casey Show veggies, news. Casey's veggies, mm-hmm. Casey veggies, Casey veggies. <laughs> I don't know if you. <laughs>
1: Everybody like
0: always them. getting there cause the name people like Casey Veggies cause if you don't know like but his music you probably heard his music and didn't realize like oh this is this 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 dude um he right. just dropped some music this month and he ain't did nothing for a while it's called CG5 and I thought he was gonna come out a little rusty cause I mess with Casey Veggies um let me put it let me go there right now right <laughs> I so thought it was gonna thinking. come out a little rusty, but I said okay. Casey Veggies has got the bops, okay? So yeah, y'all go ahead and tune in to Casey Veggies. Go ahead, How and you you know. his name. Uh, C A S S I E, and then Veggies B-E-G-G-I-E-S. B-E-G-G-I-S. And okay, he he just one. dropped something this month. Uh, CG Five. So yeah, y'all, y'all make sure y'all tune into that. And y'all let me know too. Head over to the Instagram um, at Intellectual Rant Podcast and continue the conversation and let me know uh how y'all think of the book. What do y'all think about our highlight, our fact of the week, and the album? Let me know what y'all uh, what y'all was messing with. Um also if you want to yeah. email uh any questions, any comments, or just wanna send some love in our gmail is intellectual rant podcast at gmail.com and also for all your booking needs with photography and business go ahead and look me up on my website com. that's b-r-e-a-n-a-j-h-i-n-e-e.com and you can look me up just go ahead and look at my photo gallery or you can just put in your booking information and holler at your girl okay you got any uh last remarks for them um, I don't
1: have no plug to give. I'm not on social media right now, except for my Facebook, but, but I will give my website so that when everything is up and running, people can find me if yes. they would like to. And, um, that's just my, my name, Shalia.com dot com, And, um, from there you can get in contact with me, email me if you have any questions or whatever uh, um, from there. Yeah.
0: And I'll put that in the show notes. Y'all can be able to click in and uh, y'all see that and write that down. And yeah, thank y'all for listening. Another week tuning in y'all stay liberal and lit. Okay.